Sabarikab and welcome to another episode here for the Fungipod, Mindful Media and Communication. And again, of course, you saw the title, you know what's happening. We are talking about the man, the myth, the legend. Okay, maybe it's a bit exaggerated. But we're talking about Elon, Elon Musk. He had to, he had to be subject of the podcast at one point, right? So yeah, it's about time we are talking about Elon right now. So you see the title, right? Elon Musk, visionary, manipulator, somewhere in between. Well, let's figure it out. And I'm not going to try to, I know, dive into Elon's personal life. It's not a gossip podcast here that would get more clicks though, probably. I'm just going to look at it from like a media point of view. How is Elon Musk utilizing, using the media? How is he portrayed in the media? And so on. Okay, so because that's what we do here in mindful media and communication, right? So... We're trying to like peer behind the curtain a little bit of, of, of Elon Musk. Okay. Like, and I mean, I think we can agree that Elon is probably like a very polarizing figure, right? Like who elicits like very, very, very strong opinions across the spectrum, depending like where you stand, right? Either you love him or, or you hate him probably. And while he's quite eccentric at times, right? And of course, like super mega billionaire, richest man in, in the world. And lots of fans, they laud him as like this, this visionary. But then the critics, they deride him as like a, a dangerous megalomaniac. Oh my God, you can trust him. The truth, as it always is, probably lies somewhere in, in, in the gray zone of nuance, right? And yes, I know nuance is nothing that people on the internet like. Because we like black or white, team A or B, red or blue, right? We don't like nuance, but as always in life, nuance matters probably. And if we examining like Elon's brilliance, because I mean, there is some brilliance, especially when it comes to, to, to engineering, like, and and when we combine this with like the, and I, I thought about it and I'm going to call it unprecedented savvy use of media because while it looks like He's just tweeting his heart out. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to use the media, how to get people riled up, and he knows how to communicate, even though sometimes it doesn't look like it. Yeah. You know? If you look at like why he does what he does, we might be able to understand the man behind the myth. Should we call it myth? A little bit better. Okay. So let's aim for like an honest deconstruction rather over knee-jerk reactions okay all right this must be the longest disclaimer i had in any of my podcasts <laughs> so let's try to decode elon's like very carefully crafted public image okay so first let's let's really examine like elon's and yeah i, I i'm saying it uncanny ability to deliberately and i think it's very deliberate craft his larger than life public persona right like because you say elon musk you're like oh or like oh the super villain but you have like this extreme reaction to it he cultivated this this image as as the the cool the meme savvy billionaire right dogecoin here and there who just casually smokes weed with joe rogan for example he dates celebrities he names his rockets after like adventure time characters and so on, right? And they're in the shape of, you know what? So that's all on purpose, obviously, right? So he's not doing this by accident. So everything Elon Musk does is on purpose. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, hey, he's smart when it comes to that, right? 
this this the super relaxed informal persona seems like very approachable very down to earth like hey we could i could hang with this guy right even even when his net worth ballooned through the roof right i mean it ballooned so outside the roof <laughs> it ballooned all the way up in the hundreds of billions of dollars right it it wins press attention and obviously investments so that's a very smart thing that he did and the thing is though that this cool likable image also draws scrutiny from from critics of course who see who see it like as a distraction from like valid critiques about about his management tactics at companies such as Tesla for example when he had to lay off people and he's just like yeah you're gone and um, when people critique his his management style right so the question is and of course who's the real Elon Musk behind it CGI magic <laughs> uh, is it like the genius billionaire the master manipulator and like i said in the intro of course the truth is nuanced it's somewhere in in between right but the extent of his media savviness cannot be understated because clearly he's very very good at framing how we think and talk about him and that from a media point of view uh, right i'm someone who does research on on all those media things I kind of have to applaud him for it. Like he's he's doing that pretty pretty well. Um, so I don't know if he took media classes or if he has like good advisors or if he read lots of books on that. But not bad, not bad. And well, <laughs> let me dive a little bit deeper, right? Um, we can see that he kind of like crowd. I I I I wrote it down in my notes. Like Elon crowdfunded, so to speak, a revolution through. Rhetoric and hype, and I'm going to explain what I mean. Okay, so that's one example of of his brilliance using communication marketing. It was early on with Tesla. Okay, he he needed to crowdfund like this. How do we call it? Nascent electric vehicle company. Is that a nice thing to say? Because I'm not. I, yeah, to make sure. I want to make it clear. I'm not hating on, on Elon. I'm not hating on Tesla or anything. How could you hate on the richest man on the planet? Right. So he clearly does things right. Obviously. So. I want to be clear about that. Also, not fanboying, just trying to explain. Okay, I don't have a Tesla. I don't. Have, I'm not not using Starlink or anything. So, not fanboying here. So, when he started, right, he pitched this this inspiring vision, like make sustainable transportation aspirational to to shift society away from fossil fuels. Right. That's what that's what was the idea that he was selling. So his rhetoric tapped very much into like what people were hoping for and the values that people had and wanted to push forward right we don't want to be reliant on fossil fuels we know they're running out at some point um so yeah and it's good for it's good for the environment that's not a podcast to talk about this right but hmm, batteries and so on but generally speaking right so that was what he, what the vision was selling us okay and yeah, that, that aligns with and now you're gonna like the elon fan was gonna jump at me that aligns with propaganda techniques let me explain, like appealing to emotion rather than reason. Before you jump on me, right? So I'm recording, if you're watching it, thank you, hey. Um, I'm recording this on an, on an iPhone, as you can see from the quality. So I, I do own Apple products, right? But it's exactly what Apple does too. Appealing rather to emo into emotion rather than to, to reason and facts. So why do we spend so much money buying iPhones, Apple Macs? And I, I have a Mac here in the back too. Um, 
so not hating. So, but why do we do that? A, yeah, it works smoothly. It's nice. Yes, but come on, they're selling this. Like, it's all smooth, one environment. Very, very, very well. Okay, so same thing with Tesla, appealing to emotion rather than reason. Lots of products that are very expensive do that. Okay, they don't, uh, they don't appeal to your reason. And they're not saying like, hey, if you buy this for that much money, you have the, 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 those advantages. No, because they know if you spend lots of money, emotion is necessary. Okay, so... And of course, the, the, the environmental sustainability reason um, the, or the, the mission that he put out resonated, of course. He needed the hype and the deposits to fund the initial Tesla car production. That, that works via emotion, right? So you might say, okay, yeah, got it. But this is like a noble end justifying creative means, right? So, I mean, the goal is still the same. Critics, however, would say, yeah, got it but the hype isn't really fulfilled yet i mean you can hype it up to get the money and then hopefully you produce what you're what you're promising but did he really follow up on all the hype is the question that's what you have to answer do you think tesla already made the impact that they were selling or are they still lacking behind but it was undoubtedly clever persuasion that did pay off. So again, well done. But now, of course, you also have to talk about the fact that, I mean, that we're all waiting for, like, Twitter. <laughs> yeah, we have to talk about Twitter. So first, it started with, like, this wielding, like, this unprecedented influence. Yeah, that's my favorite word today when it comes to Elon. Like, influence on Twitter, right? Um, because he has, like, this, this huge influence on public discourse and since he acquired Twitter, X, of course, even more so. Yeah, he, he spurred like devices spread with politicians, polls about policies, engagement experiments, and way more. And just to showcase it one more time that I'm not an Elon fanboy, okay? You know, if you if you watch slash listen to this podcast more frequently, you know that I'm from Germany, okay? And like last week, he shared something from like a, a actually like a, not a fake account, but like an account with like a doubtful history, dubious history, that the German, that there are like boats out there in, I forgot which sea, uh, sponsored by the German government with German tax money that uh, pick up like refugees and then send them to Italy, um, all with German tax money, making them illegal immigrants, uh, which was not true. <laughs> and then he reshared that. And said, like, I hope something like the tweet read, like, I hope the AFD, which is the German right-wing party. So no matter what you feel, but he said, I hope the AFD, the tweet said, I hope the AFD wins the election so that they can get rid of all this stupid stuff. I'm paraphrasing, okay? Um, no matter what you think, but looking for an extremist party, whether it be left or right, but I'm not making this a political show now, but... Pushing like an extremist agenda, excuse me. So I'm definitely not an Elon Musk fanboy, right? So, but I, I have to admit that because it got me riled up <laughs> that he has lots of influence, obviously, on Twitter. He had it before, now on X, even more so, of course, because he forces us to see his, his posts, it's not tweets anymore, all the time. If you look at like communication theory, because that's what we do when we're not mad here sometimes, like, for example, the two-step floor theory or agenda setting theory. We talked about those before, so you are familiar with those. Elon now functions basically as a, as a powerful opinion leader. Oh, my God. Um, so I wrote the notes down when I prepared for the, for, for the show, right, for the episode, but actually saying it out loud. So Elon is like a powerful opinion leader who can like 
And that's the problem or the good thing. He can intrinsically draw attention to chosen topics through his viral posts. Intrinsically means like people paying attention because they want to. Like extrinsic uh, means like um, you do something because someone forces you, someone gives you money or stuff like that. Okay, that's extrinsically. Intrinsically means we do it because we want to. So we do it because we follow him, because we believe him, or we follow him because we hate him. But we do it intrinsically. Okay, so that's something that he achieved. And there's no denying that he's very, very good at this. Now, the question, of course, is does this unchecked power over Twitter slash X now inspire hope for free speech? Because, well, he says what he wants, so we can say what he wants. Or are you getting more uneasy because lots of discourse is controlled by that guy? Here, of course, and again, different perspectives, right, lead to clashing takes. And that's what happens all the time. Elon's the hero. Elon's the supervillain. And then we're clashing, right? Again, the nuance probably somewhere in between in the gray zone. But as I said earlier, we don't want nuance because it's easy to, easier to choose teams. The media doesn't want nuance. Heck, Elon doesn't want nuance. He wants to be either the hero or the supervillain because if people are like, yeah, I'm not sure, whatever, then no one clicks, no one follows. You get the idea. We talked about this before, right? Ah, isn't that frustrating that, that it all comes back to this again? Now, when we track Elon's media savvy back to his foundations too, right? He... It's very interesting, by the way. He didn't just become this master of media manipulation and messaging like overnight, right? Not like, hey, I'm, I'm great at this. If you, if you trace it all back to like early ventures such as Zip2 or PayPal, most famous for PayPal probably, right? He demonstrated amazing, like phenomenal skills even as like a salesman and like a pitchman even before he was like the super famous, okay? So there's this, this charisma that, that he like crafted, translated seamlessly into securing like investments from titans such as peter Thiel, and not talking about him too much but i mean you know that he's a big investor right um yeah, this passionate testimony in congress to shape policy and tv interviews where where he sold like world changing visions right to for the future so he's been good at that for a long long time it didn't just happen overnight this is also a takeaway by the way you have to practice that okay so the origins of his media abilities stem from back then, from this, this innate understanding of psychology and showmanship and how to bring this all together. And again, very smart. Also, very smart is how he manufactures this, and it might be a bit overboard, but this godlike cult following, right? Elon has like developed this, this diehard cult following of like devotees who boost his messaging across social media. Even if he wouldn't force us to just see his tweets, posts the whole time, his disciples would share it anyway so that everyone sees it anyways all the time, right? This aligns very much with a theory I talked about a few times already, the parasocial para, para relationship theory, right? Where fans form a strong one-sided, and that is very important if you are an Elon fanboy, a fanboy of whatever, of Lisa from Blackpink, because I'm here in Asia and Lisa is right now here in Thailand. Not in trouble, but nah, paradise. Here's some rumbling. Uh, but you have like this one-sided relationship. You think everything that person does is awesome. That person doesn't even know you. 
They don't know that you exist. That's a one-sided relationship. That's parasocial. You think you know everything about him because you read so much about him, you see them all the time, but they don't know that you exist. Isn't that sad? Yes, it is. <laughs> but like he has this, this, this cult following him. And that's very smart. It's very good. And lots of celebrities have that, of course, right? So true believers, obviously, they passionately defend Elon on Twitter. They amplify his perspective. They feel like an intimate connection. So Elon, again, doesn't know that they exist. So this army of supporters obviously contribute to his influence. And this cult of personality, I wish I could sing, a cult of personality, CM Punk's walkout song, um, this cult of personality raises red flags for critics, of course, right? I mean, if you see someone having such a cult diehard following, you're like, hey, whoa, whoa, wait a second, why, what's happening, okay? And to those critics, the Musk fandom represents groupthink and the distraction from substantive issues, a group thing. We talked about group dynamics before as well on this podcast, right? You want to be part of the in-group, not the out-group. So if the group likes one thing, you follow it. Like it also works and throw back to the last week's episodes. That also works, for example, for football, right? You, you're a Manchester United fan. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's pick another team, a successful team. You're a, you're a, a Man City fan. Then you're like, yeah, let's go Man City, F Man United, F Liverpool, and so and the other way around, right? You're a Ronaldo fan. You're like, oh, F Messi, for example, right? You're an Elon Musk fan. Yeah, F the other. That's group thing, okay? Like whatever our group that we're part of does, we're going for it, right? So that's that's what critics are questioning. Like, yeah. I see that you like that guy, but why are you so crazy all in about that? Okay. All right. He, we also have to look at like some of his questionable government partnerships, to be honest. Right? Some partnerships with the government agencies, they might raise some eyebrows too, right? Um, for example, SpaceX, which is awesome, but they have those massive NASA contracts, right? And they, how they, they pitch those ambitious visions for like commercial space travel, right? But those... Which is cool, but those close collaborations between government and Elon, there might be some potential conflicts of interest because the missions blur a little bit. Right? Does he now have too much influence on government? Same with like Starlink and the Ukraine. You remember that, right? I'm not going to go into that anymore. If you're curious, Google ChatGPT, Starlink and Ukraine, then you will see what's, what, 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 what's, what happened there. Um, so mm, does he manipulate the relationships for power? Or does he pragmatically drive progress, right? You could look at both sides, of course. Again, divisive debate right here, right? It could, in theory, maybe he just wants to push development. Maybe he wants to have more influence. Hmm. Right, so interesting times. Um, and again... And I'm, I'm saying it or I'm calling it propaganda on purpose so that you like listen up and like, what propaganda? So he's also utilizing propaganda techniques very, very, very well. Like, like yeah, any other communications master before him, and I'm not, I'm not comparing it to like German communication masters before, but like to other communications uh, masters, Elon employs like various propaganda techniques, right, to like maybe even editorialize like situations to his advantage. For example, his complaints about like, Woke, the woke mind virus at, at Twitter um, um, appeal to like fear, for example. And again, 
I'm not saying it's not true and I'm not against it. Like I also critique wokeness, pop, uh, political correctness quite a lot. Um, so just saying he uses some typical propaganda technique to get more eyes on it. Yeah, well, he has like those frequent puffed up claims about technical challenges overcome appeal to accomplishment, for example. Others, others would argue, though, that Elon uses strawman arguments on Twitter slash X to oversimplify critics. Yeah, the methods he applies to control narratives are very deep. And again, before you jump on me, Elon fanboys, I'm not saying it's not true what he says. I'm just saying he has different methods, different communication methods that he uses in a very, very smart way. Okay. And of course, to bring it close to an end now, but back to X slash Twitter, this was kind of a double-edged sword though, right? Because there are very reasonable arguments on both sides, in my opinion. Again, his supporters, they believe he's restoring free speech. It's what Joe Rogan says all the time. That was stifled by like those overzealous moderation politics on, on Twitter before, which... I agree those moderation politics were pretty pretty stringent, right? Is it the right word? You know, German here. <laughs> Let me know. Um, but critics now argue that Elon, of course, the, this, this uh, whatever approach has empowered like extremists and degraded civility. <laughs> yes, that's also true. So see, both things can be true. So there are merits and pitfalls to his unprecedented power, of course, over this social discourse, right? But it's it's undeniably like a double-edged sword with like huge ripple effects, right? And I'm not saying it's easy because like, what would you do? You allow everybody to say whatever they want, free speech, yeah, but then you have those extremist idiots on there, right? So ah, it's really, 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 really tough. So if you now you know, try to look at like psychology, like is he, is he an egomaniac or is it egomania? Is it confidence what he has, right? Why is he the way he is using the media? And yeah, from a psychological lens, I must say, well, there is something that looks like ruthless ambition, yeah, ego, maybe even, or uh, some analysts might say like hubris, right? But others frame it more positively, like as relentless confidence, for example, um, that fuels his world-changing aspirations. So again, which side are you on, right? His demanding management style that's been talked about in the media here and there speaks to this win-at-all-costs mentality, right? But is this an asset that, that propels achievements for humanity? Or is it a dangerous liability? Interpretation depends on the side that you're on again, right? So it's it's really not easy to put him into like one corner. And if we address criticism, unethical tactics, and so on, which are out there, it shows that he's definitely not without controversies, right? Many allege he engages in stock manipulation, by using X, for example, union busting, and um, what else did I write down? Regulatory, non-compliance, and, and more, like those different companies. And there are documented cases where he, his diversion tactics on Twitter may aim to draw like attention away from valid critiques. But again, who wouldn't do that, right? But there are also plenty of false accusations that go viral. But, so then you can't believe everything that's out there, obviously, right? So distilling the truth requires cutting through this polarized noise on both sides again, okay? <sighs> Always coming back to this. So the way he leverages his personal brand and reputation, right? At the corporate level, Elon's personal branding and reputation like, provides, I think, invaluable benefits to his companies like SpaceX, Tesla, Starlink, you name it, 
X, not, not yet. Like, well, so his media prowess generates attention, hype, maybe even public trust that translate into like really tangible financial outcomes, right? And when he took a hit of marijuana on Joe Rogan, you might remember, um, NASA was like pretty unsettled by this reckless image, but the publicity also serves shareholders, right? So there are deliberate business calculations behind moves that seem, that seem nearly impulsive. Hmm. So again, he's pre being pretty smart. And now we should try to reconcile right, public and private persona. Hmm. Yeah, there are noticeable differences, I think, if you look at it, between Elon's carefully choreographed public persona and some reports, reports of his impatient behavior in private and with staff, right? You never see him bursting out emotionally in, in public, but there are reports about him being like this when he talks with staff, for example. So this speaks to a certain degree of like intentional persona management. He's like, okay, I'm in public now. I have to be the cool guy, right? So the charismatic icon people see versus the operational leader under pressure appear yet divergent at times. But I, before you again hate on me, don't hate because inherently we all present our, our, our like different versions of ourselves like contextually, right? At work, when, in the gym, when we play sports, when we're with our our um, partners and so on so the parent for example also versus the professional persona yeah so to expect full continuity may be unrealistic right still the stark contrast you know, raises some intrigue I, I think and that again not saying anything negative here i just think it's intriguing to see but again we all have different personas depending on the context that we're in so to to wrap things up right it's still the search for nuance, in my opinion. Right? A figure as complex as, as Elon, I think, ultimately requires us to move past black and white verdicts, what I said the whole episode. We got to challenge like those oversimplified narratives. And we got to cultivate media literacy. That, and that's all I'm trying to do with this podcast, right? Mindful media and communication. Media literacy really matters. So Elon's brilliance and achievements, they speak for themselves. No one can take that away, Okay. But healthy skepticism helps to balance the hype. Don't just buy into everything blindly. It has merit to many critic arguments, even as credit is due for spearheading progress. Again, it's, yeah, you can, you can say, wow, the progress he's made is fantastic. Still, I'm not completely blindly following him. Okay. We're most than likely falls across like a nuanced spectrum, right? So resisting reactionary takes is crucial in this in this in this moment i think as is giving fair evaluations beyond personal feelings yeah, not just like i hate the guy like yeah but look at it like past those personal feelings like the endless debate and dissection will will undoubtedly continue right as long as he's in the public in the public eye so i i welcome your perspective let me know what you think about Elon. Are you an Elon fanboy? Are you a hater? Are you somewhere in between? What's your takeaway on Elon? Should we trust him? Should we trust him? Are you still on X? Let me know. I hope this episode was somewhat interesting to you, gave you some ideas on how to look at the whole persona, the public persona, the way he uses media, because I still, still think it's very, very interesting. As always, like, share, subscribe, share it with, with people that like Elon, that hate Elon. Um, leave a review. It would be awesome to hear what you think. And maybe we can have like a bigger discussion on this whole topic. Until then, as always, stay media literate. <laughs> Take care, stay safe, and we talk soon. Sorry, Cup. Oh, no.